Okay, folks, uh, thanks for listening today. And I'm really excited to have Sean Degman on the phone. Uh, Sean is, is an owner at Buku in Raleigh, North Carolina, and um, they're all about um, global street food. And I'll get Sean to kind of talk a little bit about the concept and why they started it. Um, you guys have had this place with Sean for about five years now, is that right? Just a little over five years, yes, sir. Awesome, awesome. Well, um, well, thanks for for joining today, and um, and I appreciate you taking the time. And tell it, just talk a little bit about um, the background behind Buku and why you got started it, and um, what you had done uh, prior to that. Is this your first restaurant you've owned, or have you owned other ones? No, uh, uh, Tony, my partner, and I uh, worked for Rocky Top Hospitality for a long time, and we opened a lot of restaurants for that company like seven of them and uh then decided to go out on our own and um we uh met up with William Dovray of Finn's restaurant uh it was in North Raleigh for a long time and it was a really awesome little restaurant and uh it moved downtown uh right when the economy crashed and uh so there was this beautiful fine dining seafood restaurant in downtown Raleigh um and we and it needed some like new uh life and we came up <clears throat> uh along with William with a small plates street food concept uh that we thought would be a little more fun, a little more inviting and it's something you could you know, a place that you could go a couple times a week instead of a couple times a year for your birthday or your anniversary. So uh we um you know, came up with a menu that was Food, street food from all over the world that's fun to talk about, fun to learn about, and uh, fun to, you know, drink with <laughs> alongside. So Nice. Nice. And so you so you and so you and Tony had worked together for uh, a long time at Rocky Top? Yes sir. Uh, um Yeah. So at, at at seven different restaurants. We started together at Michael Dean's and then uh we opened up Bogart's and High Five and the Red Room and Twisted Fork and uh you know, by the time that I left Rocky Top, I was the director of operations, and Tony was kind of becoming the uh, director of culinary, and uh, we were talking to some other people about uh, opening our own place, and just kind of got that ball rolling. Because it was just like you knew it would be so easy, right? <laughs> yeah, so easy. <laughs> Five uh, years well, of you bliss. Know, it's an inter- it's, that's interesting, because, you know, so it's um uh it's a tough business. Uh you guys had seen, you know, you've been around long enough to see that it, it wasn't easy, but what what um you know, what really made you kind of decide, you know what, I I've enjoyed doing and doing this for somebody for a while, but now I want to do it for myself. What was um you know, what kind of sparked that in you and Tony and and um to to kind of make that leap? Cuz that that's a that's a big leap and it's taken a lot more responsibility and risk. Yeah, I mean, uh Obviously, uh, survival and <laughs> needing to make money, that's part of it. Um, but uh, but we also, um, we just really loved it. We really loved working together. When when we started coming up with concepts together, uh, we were working as sh- chef and sous chef, prepping side by side all day, listening to loud music, and uh, just talking about, you know, if it was ours, what would we do differently? And... Uh, uh, that was when we were working at the Red Room, and it was small plates and tapas when tapas were very new to Raleigh, 
And most of the people that called up on the phone, they're like, are you topless or tapas? And we're like, <laughs> no, we're, <laughs> we're tapas. And, um, and it was just a fun and exciting time, you know, for Raleigh to be kind of reaching its, you know, culinary, I don't know, uh, really, really starting point and where, where, uh, food was getting really exciting in Raleigh. And, uh, we, we, you know, just kept coming up with different ideas. And then when we went and looked at different spaces, we came up with different concepts for different spaces. Then when we met William, um, who had had a, an amazing restaurant for years and years and years, uh, it was fun to sit down with him and come up with something that, you know, was totally different than anything that anyone had seen yet, at least around here. Well, you know, um, one thing I've I've heard before, which I think is interesting, because you and Tony in particular had worked together for a while, is uh, and I'm curious the dynamic that you had, you know, with, with the two of you, and then and how um, you've able to make it make it work with the, with William as well. But one thing I was told before, which I thought was really interesting, is don't go into partnership in the restaurant business unless you unless you know what somebody's like uh, when you're under fire. You know, like. It's one thing to know somebody and have a friend, but it's another thing to know, you know, how does this person operate when times are tough, when things are crazy, when, you know, bad things happen. Where so you, you clearly had years of experience, and you and Tony knew how, you know, how each other operated, and you worked well together. Is that a important part of um, developing a, a good good restaurant partnership? Yeah. I mean, it's probably the scariest thing is, trusting that the other person is not going to walk away when uh, it gets really tough. You know, we have been in nearly knockdown, drag out fights out back, you know, away from everybody about disagreeing about something that we think is really important at the time. Um, but it's like, you know, you say it's like a marriage, but people get divorced all the time. It's like more than a marriage. You, you know that no matter what is said or how bad the night goes, that you're going to be working together tomorrow. So you might as well, come to some sort of, you know, uh, realization together that you're going to have to be able to get through this. And I mean, we had, we had been through some tough times together. Uh, you know, there were new year's Eve where we were rolling silo dough wrapped bananas at midnight for people for dessert at midnight on new year's Eve after they definitely didn't want to be eating anymore. And it was, the night was just going late. Um, there were, you know, just nights that didn't go right. Night, nights where there was a night that uh, we actually moved Tony into his new house and we had a new sous chef at the Red Room. And it was uh, Sunday night when we did like this all-you-could-eat tapas buffet. And uh, we came in and our new sous chef had been watching football all day long and he wasn't ready at all. <laughs> and we came in and it was a disaster. Uh, but even after nights like that, you know, the fact that, you know, that person's not going to walk away, it makes it so that you can have a real fight. It makes it so that you can say everything is on your mind and the next day they're still going to be there. And that's, that's really important. Wow. That's a, uh, yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's really, I guess that is, if you're able to find somebody that you can have that, that level of, of intense disagreement with, and then still, you know, you, neither one, neither one kind of throws in the towel, so to speak. And how do you, how, so you knew each other, then, you, but then you, you met William. How, well, are, are, is it, is it a, um, 
uh, more of a challenge to kind of develop that kind of relationship with a new partner, or how how do you bring somebody new into the fold and make that work? Well, we weren't very successful with it. William actually, um, he was with us uh, for about a year of planning Buku, but he was going through some personal tough times and uh, had a divorce, and and um, so he actually moved on uh, a, a little bit later. But he definitely, you know, helped us. He was the brainchild of a lot of the menu to start with and uh he was an awesome partner to have for as long as we had him he has a restaurant in maine in portland maine now um so uh we brought i mean we have uh brought on a lot of people that are definitely like family family to us um in fact members of our family work you know with us uh on and off in the restaurant so we're able to bring people on and, and create those relationships, but I don't think any of the relationships are as strong as the, you know, the one that two of us can't leave. Everyone else can quit and go on about their lives. Um, but the two of us will be there, you know, till the doors close. Now you, yeah. And so you have a, you do have, I, mean, I think I was, cause I was looking on your, your our story page, your about page or whatever. And I saw Mandy day. Is that Mandy, your wife? Yeah. Yep, she's okay. uh, seven months pregnant right now, so she'll, oh, well, she'll be taking a little break here. And thank you, she'll be taking a well, little she, break here in a couple of months. To your point, and you know, other people can come and go if, if if necessary, but you can. Well, how do I mean? Is that is that a challenge too? Having having your wife involved and in working together. I mean, I for some people that probably works well. For some, it may. I mean, I, I feel like I'd have a hard time. You know, I love my wife to death, but working with her. So is that just something that you you kind of learn to to manage? Or did you just knew you all sure. work together well? Sure. Tony's wife also uh, worked uh, to help open the restaurant too. She until she had her their first child, um, she was one of our. She was our events coordinator and she was our uh, like hiring manager. And uh, Mandy kind of took over her role. Mandy was the bar manager and she took her over Ellen's role um, after Ellen went on maternity leave. But uh, yeah, I mean Mandy and I have have worked together. Uh, for most of the time that we've known each other. So it was actually harder for us when we worked in different restaurants, um, ah. which is weird. It's very unlike most relationships. So um, it'll actually be weird and different for us when we don't work together um, when she has a baby. Yeah. Yeah, throw a kid in the mix. I make, <laughs> it will be weird and different, man. I'll tell you that. I've got three of them. Um, well, okay, so... So talk, tell me a little bit about, I like the concept, global street food. Did you guys, like, it sounds like William was really involved with that as well, but um, how, did you travel to to come up with some of the menu, or how did you how did you do that? Well, there's a, there's a lot of how it came together. Um, William had, uh, had grown up um, on the West Coast and also spent some time in the Philippines and Southeast Asia, um, and so... He had, and he had come up through sushi restaurants uh, on the West Coast. So a lot of the food that he was, like, serving his staff and his, um, you know, that they just shared as, like, comida for, like, staff meals um, was a lot – was kind of the the basis for why we decided to go with this. We wanted something that was, you know, not – it was great food, but it wasn't necessarily, like – super expensive food, but it had a great story and great history. Um, and then 
we kind of went to all the other, you know, maybe not necessarily classically trained chefs in our kitchen, but we have great people in our kitchen and, you know, they're from Colombia and Mexico and, and they all had their own recipes. So like our arepas, um, our empanadas, our, we had a, a chef that made amazing ceviches, um, and, uh, tiradito from Peru. And, uh, we just kind of took all those things that, you know, everyone grew up cooking and yeah, uh, Tony had traveled, uh, we have a sous chef, uh, he's now our chef de cuisine named uh, Andrew Smith. He had traveled uh, Southeast Asia too. So uh, we kind of leaned on all these people. And then then it just becomes exciting because you can, you can study and learn all kinds of different cuisine and, and add it to the menu. So um, it's really a lot. There have been a ton of different influences. And then we've you know also went out and learned some on our own. Was there um, so five years now? You got through the first few years, and, and I mean, I know it's never, never easy. It's always a, a daily, um, a daily grind. But I mean, you guys have, have uh, you know, you've got a really popular place. You're um, a lot of great word of mouth, a lot of, a lot of fans. I've heard, you know, a lot of folks talk about your place. So what, what do you think you all are doing really well? I mean, you, you know, you've got a, you've got really good food. You've got an innovative or, uh, you know, pretty unique concept. But, I mean, <clears throat> that's only um, part of it. What What are some things that y'all do real well at Buku? Well, sometimes being lucky is <laughs> just as good as doing a good job. I mean, um, sure. in downtown Raleigh is really taken off. Um, the food scene in downtown Raleigh is, you know, uh, Ashley Christensen being in downtown Raleigh helps a lot. Um the fact that the red, uh, red hat moved into our building, that was huge. Um, we, um, it was a progress energies building and then red hat took it over and, you know, that's a young, hip, fun company to work for and having those guys yeah. as our lunch, lunch guests and our, you know, happy hour crowd. That's pretty great. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, we've tried to just respond to, uh, all the feedback that we've gotten over the years. So, um, you know, we didn't, when we started, we were closed on Sunday. Now we do this crazy huge brunch on Sundays um, because it seemed like something that people wanted. Um, we used to, we used to be open till two in the morning. We thought that, um, you know, we just stay open and be open till two and have live music and DJs and thought that was really important uh, for downtown Raleigh and, you know, then all these great bars sprung up around us. So we're, <laughs> it's nice. We get to close at 10 during the week and midnight on the weekend. And people just go from our place and go hang out at these other great bars that we like to go to too. Um, but, uh, I don't know. I mean, we, we try to respond to everybody else. We have, you know, like valet set up every night. So people who are afraid to park downtown and afraid, you know, think that downtown's such a, you know, difficult place to get around. We try to like appeal to those people too. Um, and, uh, you know, we just take the feedback, you know, we've been humbled many times with, um, people's suggestions that we take that and we sit down, we have 10 managers who sit down every Monday and we, uh, and we go over all the, all the problems of the week and we try to fix them. What, what's an example of a recent one you can think of where you say, where you, you know, we're, you were humble about something that you all know, had to adjust to and fix. 
Jeez, I mean, it's all the time. Uh, I mean, how much is it like, are there ones where you go, okay, fine, like that person just doesn't get it or that person's just a grumpy person? You know, like where do you draw the line between somebody being, you know, unreasonable and somebody having a legitimate, I guess it's just instinct, but, you know, like um, how do you manage that? So you're not trying to just, you know, you, you can only do so much, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, really, uh, if you think about it, nobody's coming out trying to have a bad time. At least not in our. We're, we're really lucky to have guests that are that are there to try new food. To they're almost always, you know, celebrating something or going out somewhere uh, to an important show that they want to go to or something. So we start off with this great clientele anyway, uh, and then mostly um, they're just trying to you know try out some new stuff, and so. If they're trying out something that, you know, just doesn't sit well with them, then you know we you have to accept that, and they're 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 probably not trying to, you know, uh, do anything malicious when they complain. They're probably just offering, you know, good constructive feedback. And uh, sometimes uh, the way that we wanted it presented, or the way that we want to uh, cook something, is not necessarily the way that that uh, that they think it should be. Um, and we take we take it all in, and uh, you know, <laughs> if you think about like barbecue in North Carolina, and offering that, um, and everyone's different opinion of what barbecue in North Carolina should taste like. Uh, well, yeah. think about that when you're presenting like empanadas. Empanadas are from like all over, you know, South and Central America. So, as someone who's been traveling <laughs> to Central America and South America taste your empanada and they're like, this is nothing like what an empanada is supposed to taste like. We have to just take them, you know, they've tasted, uh, you know, the real thing, you know, and uh, they're going to be different. You know, they're going to be, our, our interpretation is going to be different than theirs. And hopefully, you know, um, uh, that we put enough time and effort and research into it that, that it seems like we presented the most authentic thing that we can. Um, But, people's opinions matter a lot to us and um, we're, we're tweaking the recipes every, you know, week. Wow. Okay. So you really are doubted and you, you sound like you guys really are, uh, you say you've been, you've been humbled. I mean, but humility is a big part of this, isn't it? Like I'm not hearing, you know, like ego can get in the way of uh, success sometimes. Um, But you guys sound like you don't have an ego about it. You're, you really genuinely care about, you know the guest experience and what they're what they think, and you you look at it unbiased and make changes in an unbiased way if you feel like it'll benefit the business. I, we're just really lucky. We're lucky to uh, have the guests that we have. We're lucky to have the 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 staff that we have, um, and uh, you know uh, the fact that we get to do what we love every day is really important. Um, there's some people around us doing it you know, as good or better than we are. So we have something to strive for. Uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Bidamanda, but that's probably one of the most hospitable places uh, to eat uh, in downtown Raleigh. And uh, Van and his sister do an amazing job of making you feel at home. And I think about that every time when I go to work, you know, how comfortable he makes me uh, feel when I sit down in his restaurant. And it's something to shoot for, and it's admirable. You know, I'm actually interviewing Van, I think next week maybe, um, 
uh, Chidi had given me your name and uh, his name. Yeah. And um, so I'm looking forward to that. That's great. Yeah, well, I mean, you've got – so it is good it, being in, in downtown Raleigh. I mean, for those of you listening, downtown Raleigh's got – you know, you may hear about you hear about San Francisco, Charleston, or whatever. Downtown Raleigh just got an incredible, incredible culinary scene. I and mean, the restaurant, the great restaurants there are just you could just you have to. I mean, take you more than you know two handfuls to just you could just rattle off one after the other, including Sean's buku that we're talking about now. So, you know, Sean, you said something though. I'll grant you that. Okay, so maybe luck is like, you know, red hat moving into your building. Okay, well that's. Not something you could account for or plan for certainly benefits you. So I give you that that may be lucky. When you say, though, we're great, you know, we're lucky to have great people working for us, I, I would say I'd push back a little bit and say if you have great people working for you, you're doing something right. You you know how to hire good people or you know how to attract people because of the way you, you operate and your reputation. So what do what you guys do? I mean, because that's such an important piece of this is, it's like you have a vision and you have good food, but then you have to find people that buy into what you're doing and want to work, you know, hard for you and believe in what you're doing. So how do you um, how do you find those kind of people, especially, again, in a city like Raleigh where there's, you know, so many great places that uh, great people could, could, could choose to work at? How do you, you know, get them to come work for you? Well, um, I guess that that's something we really had to, like, stop and, like, think about. Um, when we when we open, just like any other restaurant, you know, you have to hire on so many people and you, and you lose people. And, uh, at a certain point, um, it becomes frustrating to hire somebody, believe in them, train them. And then for whatever reason, you know, uh, in a short amount of time they leave. And, uh, and it, it just seems, you know, after a while, the people that are training them, the people that are putting in this extra work, um, they, they, uh, they get a little discouraged. So we had to really stop and be like, okay, we're going to take this seriously every single time. And so when we sit down with somebody um, that we're interviewing, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's myself and another manager and we're sitting there and we're asking like, why do you really want to do this? <laughs> what do you really want? What do you love about serving people? What do you love about food and drink? And when you go out to eat, what's your favorite thing? Uh, what's your favorite restaurant? What? you know, what do you like to drink and uh, really start a conversation about like, why do you want this job? <laughs> and then uh, w- when you, when you feel like uh, you're bringing on someone that you really want to work with, you know, like you, you want to be there day in and day out, hanging out, joking around, um, then that's a good candidate. And then you like put your heart and soul into like teaching them everything that you know, and that makes, you know, that you're able to, to be successful with so uh it starts with taking the hiring process really seriously and not you know just taking everybody that you know seems like they might be a good fit and then it's like sticking with them and and uh and you know and we still we still lose good people that that we would like to have kept for a long time um you know we it's a it's a college town and so we have we're lucky to have all these really smart, um, you know, and exciting people that are maybe the restaurant industry isn't their, you know, their dream. Um, and so they, they do this for the three or four years, um, that they're in college. And it's really, it's, it's awesome to have that group of people to, to, to work with. Um, but then it's, you know, you get to see them go on about their careers and, 
you wish them the best, but you know, you, you only have them for two or three or four years. So, um, we, we, we take it really seriously. And then we, uh, uh, we do our best to hold on to those, those people. And mostly we, we try to have fun, uh, together at work. Um, we have like a lot of, we have a lot of, um, like (laughs) programs in place at work that, uh, remind us that what we're doing is, um, is fun. And, you know, it's, it's not, you know, just like the daily grind of, of working in a cubicle. We, we literally have a gold star chart where we like focus on positive things and put up gold stars when people like go out of their way or they pick up a shift for somebody who's sick or they, you know, just do something that where they go above and beyond, they get a guest compliment or something. We put a gold star up on the wall at the end of the month. Whoever has the most gold stars wins a hundred bucks. Um, (laughs) we, we, uh, we have a shift beer contest every night. So, um, we like have a sales goal for the night. It's based on last year or it's based on the reservations. And when we, when we hit that number, everyone gets a free beer after work. Um, uh, we close down for company parties. We like do like a, a, um, baseball slash kickball game and company cookout and Memorial day. We do a super bowl party. I mean, we, we just try to do as many things, um, to take care of the people, the good people that, you know, really enjoy working together every day as possible. And then, you know, when you lose good people, it hurts, but you, uh, you at least, you know, gave it, gave it, <laughs> gave it a good try. Yeah. I mean, you can't control that at the end of the day, you, you, but it sounds like you guys are really making a lot of efforts and, and you're keeping, you know, you're, um, you're, you're, you're just mindful that it's, it's not all about, um, uh, you know, well, the, the success is, is determined by a lot of things, but one of them is by having a happy staff. And it seems like you guys are really trying to keep things as light as possible and enjoyable so that they, they enjoy being there and want to be there and want to be a part of it. Um, what, what, hey, Sean, let me ask you this kind of changing gears. You opened, so you opened a lot of restaurants over the years, um, and then you, you uh, went out and did this on your own. A couple of things that I wonder about are, um, one is, um, you know, if you're in a building where Red Hat is, you obviously don't own your building, so you had to do a lease. So is there good advice you have for people that, you know, you've had a lot of experience, I'm sure, with this about, you know, what are some things you think about when you're when you're negotiating a lease? Because it seems like sometimes people can get tripped up by a bad lease negotiation that comes back and, and bites them down the road or something. Um, well, definitely surround yourself with some smart people uh, to take care of the things that you're not good at. You know, if you're good at, uh, making really amazing food and giving great service, then, um, and you're not a lawyer, then get a good lawyer and get a good accountant and, uh, have those people take care of the things, um, that you're not the best at. Um, but obviously, you know, you, you have to pay attention to it and you can't, um, you know, can't be blind to it. So, uh, when those things come up, um, you, uh, try to go into business with people that, you trust and you have a good relationship with. So, um, before it was red hat, it was uh, progress energy and they really did everything they could when they were, uh, building fins, uh, for William, um, to try to make him successful. They couldn't have predicted that the economy would do what it would do. Um, but, uh, when red hat came in, they've been really, really helpful just to try to make us successful. Um, so get in with, you know, 
a good group of people that you trust that are interested in your success. Um, I mean, Red Hat wants to have a great restaurant downtown for their um, employees uh, or downstairs for their employees. And so they do whatever they can to help us. And obviously when they do their Christmas parties or their, you know, um, after work, end of quarter parties, we throw down for them and they, you know, they throw, <laughs> they throw really good parties and we're there to help them do that. So um, we, I, I really just suggest working with good people who you, who you trust and uh, who are interested in your success. Gotcha. Awesome. And then what about, um, what about uh, financing uh, the business? Did you guys put your own money in or did you raise money or both or how, how did you get started? Uh, we we put in our own money and then we had some friends that put in some money and uh, we made it so that they got paid back first uh, so that we didn't, we didn't feel like we were putting them out and uh, they got paid back in the first a uh, little over a year and uh, they, they would be excited to do something else with us again in the near future, which we might do. Um, after five years, we might be at the point where <laughs> we've either forgotten how hard it was to open it up in the first place or, uh, or um, we're just that comfortable with our staff and we have a lot of great talent that would like to, you know, uh, try something else. Do you do like so when you do like friends that invest or if you get investors do you do a do you do a loan or do they do they get a, a piece of the equity or how do you how do you um, incent them? Uh, you can do it either way. You know, you can do it straight as a loan or you can do it as a percentage. Um, uh, if you're doing it, uh, the smartest way to do it is um, that I've found or that I, I've been ta- taught was. Uh, you know, get them paid back, and they own, they own a greater percentage before they get their original investment back, and then when they get that back, maybe they go down to a smaller percentage. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. And then so so here you are, five years later, and you're thinking, okay, well maybe maybe it's time. Do you um, when you start thinking about that, do you think of are you do you think of new concepts, or do you think of taking your same concept and doing it, doing replicating it, or or uh, we consider, we're considering both because uh, it depends on the place, um, yeah. you know, and the, and the space, the building, uh, how how close it is to your own, you know, your own other uh, venture. Um, if we were to open something in another city, we'd probably do another Buku and try to make the brand better over time. Um, but if we were to open something else downtown, um, obviously we'd have to come up with a different concept because we wouldn't want to compete with ourselves so yeah um you know if if it's outside of downtown we would probably try doing another buku now what you mentioned earlier you mentioned um you mentioned van and, and uh his him and his wife and their ability to sister his uh, sister i mean sorry his sister the, the hospitality is just off the off the charts here and you feel so welcome so what else have you learned like what have you learned from somebody else that you admire um you know in in the raleigh area and uh then the other part of that question is what do you hope people learn from you um well uh i mean ashley christensen's a pretty popular figure for everyone who's thinking about food in raleigh and uh i think the most important uh part about what Ashley does that 
maybe people don't talk about is that um, she always keeps uh, the focus on Raleigh and she's really, you know, she's happy that Raleigh is emerging as a uh, culinary destination and she points to uh, everyone else's successes uh, as right alongside with hers. Um, and she, you know, she points out other chefs that are, are deserving. And, uh, it's, it's really nice to see that, um, from someone who's, uh, obviously, you know, earned a lot of, um, success and, uh, you know, and, and she gives back, you know, if you've been to any of her stir the pot events, um, (laughs) I mean, some people think that they want that kind of, you know, fame and whatever, but most of the time, when I see her, she's working at a charity event of something of some sort or another, and that takes up a lot of time. So, uh, you know, yeah. that that's great uh, what she's doing. And uh, from me, uh, I, I hope that uh, I don't know. I I, <laughs> I don't know. I I don't know what. Um, I mean, I have a 15 year old son. If I can. Uh, if I can keep him on the straight and narrow, that's enough uh, for me. Um. <laughs> I hear you, man. Yeah, you're a humble dude, I can tell. So I'll, I'll let you off on that one. But um, uh, okay, man. I mean, I know that I know a lot of people ha- have learned a lot from you and and uh, have a lot of respect for you. So, um, well, the, the la- let me ask you one more question. Is there, um, you know, in your years in the business, um, what do you? Is there anything that you found that I mean you could talk there's a lot of ways to be successful in the restaurant business. There's certain things I think you have to nail, but then there's other things that people you know, one guy does it one way and it works and one gal does it another way and it works. But what about restaurants that have not made it? Now I know there's like the ones like like Finn's, you have, you know, just unfortunate timing with a certain kind of concept, fine dining and the kind of in a failing economy, but uh, outside of those things that are kind of unpredictable, is there are there any common things you see in restaurants that don't make it, um, or is there anything you've kind of learned over the years that hey, you better not do this or you're going to be in trouble? Uh yeah, uh, hubris is probably the worst. The worst thing yeah, is thinking that you know everything and uh, mm. and not not taking advice, not listening, you know, not having respect for, you know. The authorities, I, you know, I've seen people not take health inspections uh, seriously. I've seen people not take, um, you know, any of like the opening inspections seriously, thinking that they know they know it all, and and uh, um, they don't take feedback from guests seriously. They don't, you know, and and then when they close their doors, they're like, "What happened?" Um, and I think if you think that you know everything there is to know about about anything, but especially about, uh, food and, and, uh, and because it's always changing, you know, you, 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 uh, you could turn on the TV and, uh, learn about 10 different cultures, uh, and food and, and that you've never, that you've never seen or understood before. So if you're walking into it thinking that you're the best, um, you'll be humbled very quickly. And so um, that's just it. Don't, don't think you know everything and just listen to people. They're probably just trying to help you out. And that's, 
awesome advice, and clearly you you followed your own advice, uh, you and Tony, and and uh, y'all just um, done some great work there, man. So listen, I know you're a busy guy. I I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. I cannot wait to. Um, my dad, li- I live in Charlotte. My dad's in Cary, so I'm up there every now and again. I'm definitely going to come by and say hello to you guys and and uh, hang out with you next time I'm in town. And I really appreciate you uh, you doing this. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you. All right, Sean. We'll talk soon, man. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care.